in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. We pray. Almighty everlasting God, for my many sins I justly deserve eternal condemnation. In your mercy you sent your dear Son, my Lord Jesus Christ, who won for me forgiveness of sins and everlasting salvation. Grant me a true confession that, dead to sin, I may be raised up by your life-giving absolution. Grant me your Holy Spirit that I may be ever watchful and live a true and a godly life in your service through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. Now we have the confession and the forgiveness of sins. As we remember the events of this solemn evening and the Holy Supper instituted by our King, the Lord Jesus Christ, it's proper that we examine ourselves. The Ten Commandments reveal to us the gravity of our sin. You shall have no other gods you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet. I now ask you, do you believe that you are a sinner? Yes, I believe it. I, I am a sinner. I know this from the Ten Commandments, which I haven't kept. Are you sorry for your sins? Yes, I am sorry. I have sinned against God. I deserve His wrath and displeasure, temporal death, and eternal damnation. Do you have hope to be saved? Yes, that is my hope. In whom then do you trust? In my dear Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, true God and man. How many gods are there? Only one, but there are three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What has Christ done for you? that you trust in him. He died for me and shed his blood for me on the cross for the forgiveness of sins. Did the Father also die for you? No, he didn't. The Father is God only, as is the Holy Spirit. But the Son is both true God and true man. He died for me and shed his blood for me. I know, I know this from the Holy Gospel from the words instituting the sacrament and by his body and blood given me as a pledge in the sacrament. Do you believe then that the true body and blood of Christ are in the sacrament? Yes, I believe it. I am convinced by the word of Christ. Take, eat, this is my body. Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood. What should we do when we eat his body and drink his blood and in this way receive his pledge? We should remember and proclaim his death and the shedding of his blood as he taught us. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Why should we remember and proclaim his death. First, so we may learn to believe that no creature could make satisfaction for our sins. Only Christ, true God and man, could do that. Second, so we may learn to be horrified by our sins and to regard them as very serious. Third, so we may find joy and comfort in Christ alone and through faith in him be saved. What motivated Christ to die and make full payment of your sins? 
His great love for his father and me and other sinners. The Lord's Supper was instituted for the comfort of those who are troubled by their sins. Our King has paid for the sins of his people. In the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore announce the forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ, our salvation. And now we can sing song 445. When you walk that Thursday morning. And we continue now with the reading of the scriptures. We have the first reading from Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 to 14. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went on together. Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offerings? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar, on the top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Don't lay a hand on the boy, he said. Don't do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you haven't withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. And the second reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 19, from verse 28 to 37. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked the sponge in it, put the sponge on a stack of the hyssop plant, and left it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now it was a day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath, because the Jewish leaders didn't want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath. They asked Pilate to have the legs broken, the bodies taken down. The soldiers, therefore, came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus, and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they didn't break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it has given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you also may believe. These things happened so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And as another scripture says, 
they will look on the one they have pierced. This is the gospel of the Lord. Glory be to God. And the third reading from the book of Revelation, all chapter 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb has seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for god persons from every tribe and language and people and nation you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our god and they will reign on the earth then i looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice they were saying worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praised and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Amen. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. And now you can sing hymn 547, the Lamb. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Today we celebrate Monday, Thursday, which is a very famous day in the history of the church. And it is the day that the Lord constituted or instituted the sacrament of his body and his blood. And we call it Monday, Monday, Thursday, and we need to know the meaning of the word Monday. So this word Monday comes from a Latin word. And the Latin word actually made from two words. And one of them is an English word and another one is uh, a French word. So both of them came together to produce this word, Monday, which is in Latin means mandatum. So the word in Latin called mandatum, which means a commandment. So we call it Monday, Thursday, because there was a mandatum, meaning there was a new commandment that the Lord gave to his disciples and also to the church. And this, not only the name that is used for this day, this Thursday, but we have a lot of 
other names for this Thursday. For example, we, we call it Monday, Thursday, as I said. Also, we have some other names for this day. Like, for example, we have what we call Holy Thursday, Covenant uh, Thursday, because this is the day that the Lord Jesus has established his new covenant. And as we spoke before about the new covenant, this is a new covenant or the new testament that was done by offering the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. So we call it Covenant Saturday because the Lord today instituted the sacrament of his body and his blood as the new covenant. Also, we call it the Great Thursday or we call it the Big Thursday. And sometimes we call it Sheer Thursday. And the word Sheer actually came from uh, another word in Greek called Sheer, which means clean or bright. So what is the meaning of the word? clean or bright here. The meaning here is the Lord Jesus Christ on the Last Supper, and this is another name also we call this Thursday, he cleaned the altar of the Old Testament from the blood of the animals, and he replaced this altar of the animals by the altar of his body and the blood. So he cleaned, he made a new altar. He made a new clean and bright altar by his sacrifice. So remember, this meaning is so significant. The Lord cleaned and cleansed the old altar of the animal sacrifices and replaced it by his sacrifice. For this reason, we call it Sher Thursday or Covenant Thursday. Some theologians, they call it also the last Thursday. Why they call it last Thursday? Because it was the last Thursday in the earthly life of Jesus Christ by flesh on this earth. So they call it also last Thursday. And some uh, European people, especially German, and we have a lot of German with us today, so they call it Green Thursday. They call it Green Thursday. And as you know, the color, the green color represents a life or represents a new beginning. And so they used to go to the church, Germans, on this day, and they had green branches to say, Lord, we have passed the Lent, and now we are coming to share with you your table. We are coming to share in the true body and true blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as I said before, for this reason, they call it clean. Thursday means all the old altar has been gone and washed from the animal blood. And now it will be prepared for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, his body and the blood that will be broken and shed on Friday on the cross. So we have many names and all of them are very significant. So we have the Holy Thursday, Covenant, Great, Big, Share Thursday, uh, Last Thursday and the Green Thursday and now you know why. And the last name they call it is the Thursday of Mysteries. Thursday of mysteries because there was a big mystery here and the big mystery is Jesus instituted his sacrament by his body and his blood 
and they gave it to his disciples and told them, do this in remembrance of me. So the mystery here is you can eat bread and wine and they will never change in their nature. But at the same time, you take the true body and true blood from the hand of Jesus himself by a mysterious way. You don't see it, but you accept it by faith. And so this is why we call it the Thursday of the mysteries. So what happened on this Thursday? Number one, Jesus was talking to his disciples. And as you know, and you can read this in the Gospel of John from chapter 14 to 17, when Jesus was praying with his disciples, teaching them, warning them, and it was these three chapters like Jesus uh, saying goodbye to the earth and goodbye to his children, but he tried to empower them, strengthen them, and give them the commandment of God. And he said, which is very clear, to his disciples, I gave you a new commandment. And remember the name Monday means commandment. So Jesus gave his disciples a new commandment, which is love one another. And he said to them, by this sign, the world can know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So again, on this Thursday, number one, God gives them a new commandment at the end of his preaching or teaching to them. Read about this in John from chapter 14 to 17. And this new commandment, which actually an old one, that you love your God from all your hearts, your mind, and so on, so and the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. So the Lord repeated again. And as John himself, the apostle, mentioned in one of his epistles, a new commandment that is actually an old one, I gave it to you, which is love one another. So the Monday, Thursday came from a new commandment, which is love one another. And then Jesus was planning to have the Passover on this night. And as a Jew, he should celebrate the Passover with his family, but actually the family of Jesus was his disciples at this time. So he asked for a place in a house, and all the uh, manuscripts of the early church mentioned that this house was the house of Mark's mother. Mark, the one who wrote the Gospel of Mark, and Mark was not one of the twelve, but he was hired later by Paul and Barnabas to go and preach the gospel. And Mark is the apostle who got the gospel and the Christianity to North Africa, mainly Egypt. So the one who brought the gospel to Egypt was Mark. So Jesus asked to do the Last Supper, which is another name, on a table with his disciples in the house of Mark's mother. And here he celebrated the Passover, and this, I told you before that the high priests were trying to arrest Jesus Christ before the celebration of the Passover, so they tried to do that before Saturday. So they planned for it on Wednesday when Judas went to spy, 
and they agreed on the price that they will pay Judas 30 pieces of silver and Judas gives them a sign that he will kiss him so they can arrest him and they did arrest him on Thursday very late evening or early very early uh, on Friday and then he went from a place to another place to be judged and to be sentenced till death. So they should crucify him before the Passover on Saturday. I hope you can get the idea here. So they planning because it's unallowable or forbidden to do any punishment against any person, even if they were criminal, on the day of Passover. So they should kill him on Friday before the day of the Passover. So the first thing Jesus did is a new commandment, which is Monday, Thursday, and the second one is when he went to the house of Mark's mother, he asked to wash their feet. And he told them, you see, I am the master, I am the Lord, I am the teacher. But see what I did to you? I washed, washed your feet. And as I did, you should do, wash the feet of one another. And then, Jesus gave the lesson to them. If you like to be a true servant of the Lord, you need to be like a slave. Because servant actually is a higher position. Why? In this community, there were two groups serving the masters. The first group is those who serve like the cook, like... Uh, the cleaner of the house, and those got paid. So when you hire somebody to clean the house for you, you pay for them. And those they are called servants. But when you have a slave, slave can do anything for you without any hesitation or, or any rejection for free. So the word here about Jesus Christ, when he did wash the feet, he acted like a slave, not a servant. So he took the lowest level to show his disciples how to humble themselves. And after he did this, as you know, Peter came and said, No, Lord, you cannot wash my feet. And the Lord became mad at him and said, If I will not wash you, you will not have a part with me in heaven. And then Peter said, Oh, my feet only, but my body. And Jesus told him, No, it's enough to wash the feet. So this is the second happened, number one, commandment, Monday, number two, washing the feet, and for this reason, all the churches on this day should uh, memorize this by washing the feet of the members. And the third, and then uh, Jesus instituted the sacrament of his body and blood. So how many dinners they had? this night because this will solve a problem between many theologians and scholars and many Christians actually they usually ask the question did Judas Iscariot eat from the Lord's Supper and the answer will come from these dinners there were three dinners number one dinner is what they call supper, which was very normal in the Jewish community. And the people may take supper about 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. every day, and this is the regular supper. 
So Jesus and his disciples had their own regular supper first. This number one dinner. Number two, his disciples grilled the lamb or the animal they killed and they should grill it on bitter herbs and uh, they eat the meat when they are standing and they eat it on a hurry so no one can sit and relax and recline to eat and this was because the Lord told them to be serious in your relation with the Lord so the second dinner was the dinner of the Passover they ate all the lamb and this is how they celebrated as Jews and then the third dinner is the last supper when Jesus instituted his uh, sacrament the first dinner as I said which was regular supper this is the one that Jesus Christ gave Judas a piece of bread to eat so did Judas participate in the last supper no so you need to understand the Hebrew tradition and how it was done so many scholars actually they are fighting although the answer is very easy and simple because the first supper Jesus gives the bread to Judas and when he gave it to him the devil entered him so Jesus told the Judas, go and do what you are planning to do very fast. So Judas participated in the first supper. Judas didn't participate in the Passover. And Judas didn't participate in the last supper when Jesus uh, instituted his sacrament. And then Jesus on the last supper when he after if you read carefully the gospel he said after dinner he took bread and he gave thanks and broke it and he gave to his disciples saying eat this is my body which shall be broken or given for you and for many this do in remembrance of me and after that he took the, the cup after supper also he took the cup and he gave thanks and he blessed it and he gave it to his disciples saying take drink of it all of you this is my blood of the new covenant that will be set for you and for many for the forgiveness and remission of sins another critical question did Jesus participate in the last supper mean did he eat from the bread and drink from the wine and the answer is no he did this for us and he did this as a symbol of what he will going to do on Friday because some people said how come that Jesus staying with them and he gives them bread and wine and said this is my body this is my blood how this is unlogic how he is alive with them and he gives them body and blood and the answer is yes it's unlogic to say that so what jesus did on the last supper is to make like an illustration or demonstration of what he will do on Friday and believe me the disciples also didn't understand so when he died on the cross and when he buried and resurrected they started to understand every word he told them so again did Judas participate in the last supper no did Jesus participate as one of the twelve in the last supper no did Jesus really offer the true blood and true uh, body on the last supper no because it was al was alive among them so this was an illustration and as I said of what shall happen on 
Good Friday so they can understand it easily. And as I said, they didn't understand that till Jesus raised from the dead. So three actions happened on this day. Number one, new commandment after the long teaching of Jesus to his disciples. Number two, washing the feet. And this is the entrance to be a servant of the Lord. You have to wash the feet. You have to humble yourself. Be under people. You serve. And the third one is the institution of the Eucharist, which is uh, the sacrament of his body and his blood. We have many names for this. We can call it Eucharist. We can call it Last Supper. We can call it uh, uh, the sacrament of thanksgiving that we give thanks to the Lord as Jesus did when he gave his body and his blood. So there are sacrament of the table, they call it sometimes, sacrament of the altar, uh, and so on. But actually the perfect one is Eucharist, which we call it in Greek, Eucharistia. Eucharistia means Eucharist, the sacrament of Jesus, his body and his blood. So this is the perfect uh, theological name, uh, Eucharistia or Eucharist. You can call it whatever other names, because the other names actually are not, uh, most of them are not new, like the sacrament of the altar. There was no altar in the church in the first four centuries. So when the Christian started to build an altar and to do some worship and so on, the word sacrament of the altar came. But in the first four centuries, the churches didn't use an altar. So the perfect theological, biblical name is Eucharistia or Eucharist, the sacrament of body and blood of Jesus. What the Christians believe about Eucharist, there are three groups of Christians, and a group of them believes that, and this was the face of the early church, and it continued till the 13th century, when a French monk came and said, oh, the church before this monk believed that they celebrate the Eucharist and they eat bread and wine from the hand of the minister, but they take true body and true blood from the hand of Jesus Christ himself. So this was the faith of the early church till the 13th chapter, when this French monk came and said, oh, no, there is something called transubstantiation, which means transformation of the bread and wine into true body and blood of Jesus Christ. So this started in the Catholic Church, uh, 13th century, and then continued and spread from the Catholic Church to the Orthodox Church. And now all these traditional churches, they believe in transubstantiation means the transformation of the bread and wine into true body and blood. But this was not biblical. This was not the faith of the early church. This was not what the apostles practiced. This was not what the early church, as I said, till the 13th chapter practiced. So if we have a problem like this, and we don't know the answer, we have two sources to look for. Number one is the Bible. Number two is the early church. What does this mean? See what the apostles did. And then 
imitate them. Do exactly like what they did. So if they said there is transformation, no, they didn't. And they didn't believe in that. And it was very clear in the writings of all uh, the early fathers from the second century uh, till the fifth century when the division of the church came at year 451. So there was no transubstantiation. The third group of the Christians believes that they don't eat uh, at all a true body or true blood, but it just uh, is simple. And there are many of the Protestant or the evangelical churches that they believe uh, this is uh, a commandment that the Lord gave us to do, but we don't believe that we eat true body and true blood. And again, this is against the faith of the early church. Jesus said it very clear. Take, eat. This is my body. Take, drink. This is my blood. So by faith, we participate in the Eucharist, if Eucharistia, and believe that we take the true body and true blood from the hand of the Lord himself in a mysterious way, and at the same time we take the bread and wine from the hand of the minister. The bread and wine remain as they are. Their nature never it changes. So the bread stay as it is bread, the wine stay as it is, but it refers to, it's uh, a symbol of the true body and true blood that we take from the hand of Jesus himself. So what we learn from today, we learn that we have a new covenant and this new covenant made by a precious, uh, clean uh, blood that came from a precious, innocent lamb who is the lamb of God. And this blood is more precious than the silver and the gold, as Peter said in his epistle. So evaluate that. So when you come to participate in the table of God, be sure that you are in a holy situation. The Lord is there, even if you don't see him by your physical eyes, but he is there. So come with a humble, very humble heart to participate in the sacrament. And remember that today you have a new commandment to love one another. So if you didn't do that, or if you have some trouble doing that with some people in your life, maybe they are very close to you, you need to return back. And remember that the day of the new covenant started by the commandment of love. If you don't love, Jesus cannot wash your feet. You cannot be a servant and you cannot participate in his body and his blood. And as we celebrate this Monday, Thursday, we remember what Jesus did for us on Good Friday, tomorrow, and how our salvation good to us for free by what he did on the cross. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understandings, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Savior, the Lord of the new covenant forever. Amen. And now we continue with uh, our service with the prayer of the church.
Lord, we thank you for this great uh, sacrifice you have done for us. Thank you for the Son, Jesus Christ, you sent to die for us and to offer his body and his blood so we can be redeemed from our sins and we can be forgiven and be clean again. We remember, Lord, today that this Thursday is the Thursday of cleaning the altar. Come, Lord Jesus, and clean our altars from inside. Remove all the rubbish, all the trash, all the bad stuff, all what is left inside us from the devil, and replace it But what is from you, love. Let us, Lord, love you as you love us. And let us also love our neighbor as ourselves, because this is how we can prove to the world that we are your children, your disciples, if we love one another. Teach us, Lord, how to humble ourselves, how to wash the feet of the people, whatever those people are. Let us feel from inside that we are equal or maybe less to everyone else. And bless us, Lord, by the gift of your body and true blood. Whenever we participate, let us believe, Lord, that we really take the true body and true blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that given to us by his hand in a mysterious way. We pray, Lord, for the whole world. We pray for this disaster of coronavirus that you may remove uh, this problem and give the people of the world trust in you. We thank you, Lord, that uh, during this crisis, many started to know you, and many also submitted their lives to you. We thank you, Lord, for all the converts that came to your kingdom in this time of disaster. And we believe, Lord, that you will use every opportunity to reach out to the lost, so they can know that you love them and you saved them and promised them the true eternal life. We pray, Lord, for all the sick people, those who are suffering, afflicted, each one by name. And you know, Lord, them also. They are in our mind, our memory, But we submit all those people before you because we know you will listen according to your will. We pray for those who are sick to be healed and those who are mourning to be comfortable. And all of this through the Holy Spirit, our God, who works in us in mysterious ways to be witnesses to you all the time of our lives. We pray all of this, Lord, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And now let us pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. As usual, when uh, there is a service in the church, but now there is no, so we broadcast the service. There is something called stripping of the altar, and this means we replaced the cover 
of the altar to be covered by black color. So the church is stripped, means we remove the other cover, which is a symbol. So all of these are symbols, traditional, uh, but it doesn't mean anything related to your faith, but just uh, to remember what happened, to live uh, the event itself. So we strip the altar for a preparation for the Good Friday, and it means that we are preparing ourselves to Jesus Christ, the life himself, that he will die by the flesh only. And so the light of God will not be any more in the world after he died on the cross. And then uh, on Sunday, he will come again. And he will come with power. The light of the world will come again. And we will honor and glorify the resurrected Lord. And we praise the exhortation, how we glorify the Lord. Where charity and love are. There, there is God. The love of Christ has gathered us as one. Let us rejoice and be glad in him. Let us fear and love the living God and the impurity of heart. Let us love one another where charity and love are. There, there is God. When therefore we are gathered together, let us not be divided in spirit. Let better strife and discord cease between us. Let Christ our God be present in our midst where charity and love are. There is God. With all the blessed may we see forever your face, Lord, in glory, Jesus Christ our God. Joy is that is infinite and undefiled for all the ages of eternity. Amen. And now, because it's Monday, Thursday, we don't have the benediction, and also we don't greet one another by hand. Everyone should live in quietness to his or her home and be ready for the Good Friday where the Lord will offer his body and blood as a sacrifice to save the whole world. Go in peace and serve the Lord.